the road in Regen, this Florida girl, we encountered a blizzard in northeastern Colorado. And we were driving an all-night drive, and it got to where the road was impassable. I mean, we could see telephone poles snap like toothpicks along the side of the road. And so my girlfriend, Jerry, and I started praying for an angel. And then in the distance, we saw these bright lights coming toward us. And so we went, ah, maybe that's our angel. The Mid-America Passion Play will return March 30th through April 2nd, 2023. Now, I know that's a little bit of time away, but we want to talk about it on today's show here on Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, and welcome to the program. I'm Byron Tyler. This Mid-America Passion Play, under the direction of Dr. Jim Whitmire, dear friend of mine who's been doing this now for so many years, impacting so many lives, hearing and seeing in person the amazing love of God through the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that last week of Christ on earth is this dramatic portrayal on stage at Mid-America Passion Play, again, March 30th through April 2nd. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes to make events like this take place, and an upcoming gala is taking place Thursday, November 3rd, 6 o'clock at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, 2095 Appling Road, directly across the street from Bellevue Baptist Church. And we want to talk about this gala with the special guest who is coming, Christie Award winner, author. Over 5 million copies of her books have sold worldwide. She's the best-selling author of more than 150 works, ranging from picture books, The Tale of Three Trees, to non-fictional works, to novels. It's incredible. Dr. Angela Hunt joins us on the phone. Dr. Hunt, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint on Bot Radio Network. Thanks for taking some time with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm just tickled to death to be able to be here and do this. I'm so excited about this, the gala and the passion play. It's amazing. Before we get into all the details about that, I want to learn more about you and your career. You started college with a major in music. Are you a vocalist, an instrumentalist? What was the drive towards a music career at that point? Well, I grew up singing. My grandmother could sing. My mom could sing. I could sing. And I was under Dr. Jim Whitmire. In my high school years, I went to First Baptist Church of Merritt Island, where Adrian Rogers had been pastor. And so I came up in, we called him Mr. Whitmire back then. Yes. Mr. <laughs> Whitmire's high school choir. You know, I learned a lot about music, but I think I actually learned more about just the Christian life because we didn't have a youth pastor. We had him, and he was our youth pastor. And, you know, he discipled us as Christians, and we spent a lot of time with him because he had so many. There was the traveling choir and the singing, the worship choir and the handbell choir, and, you know, there was just a lot to be involved in. So anyway, after I graduated high school, I auditioned for The Regeneration. I don't know if people still remember. I remember that. that. Yeah. Well, it was 10 singers under the direction of Derek Johnson, and we traveled the entire country. So right after high school, I went on tour with the Regeneration for a year. And then after that, I realized, you know, I better finish college. It's what my <laughs> parents wanted me to do. So I uh, went to Liberty University, but I have to back up. This is how I became a writer. While we were on the road in Regen, this Florida girl, we encountered a blizzard in northeastern Colorado. And we 
were driving an all-night drive, and it got to where the road was impassable. I mean, we could see telephone poles snapped like toothpicks along the side of the road. And so my girlfriend, Jerry, and I started praying for an angel. And then in the distance, we saw these bright lights coming toward us. And so we went, ah, maybe that's our angel. But anyway, it turned out to be three local snowplow drivers in a snowplow. And they said, the road ahead is impassable. And they pointed off into the darkness and they said, but we know there's a house over there. Let's go wake them up. Maybe they'll take us all in. So make a long story short, the three snowplow drivers, the 13 of us, we had the 10 singers plus a couple of instrumentalists and a sound guy and a secretary. And we all woke this family up at two in the morning and they let us in. And we were there for four days with no electricity, very little food, no running water. The house was literally buried in snow. And I thought it was just the coolest adventure that I had ever been through because, you know, I'm from Florida. (laughs) So we wrote our stories in our journals. Everybody kept a journal on the road. And then when we met back up with our director, Derek Johnson, we all let him read our journals. So a couple of months later, it was an all-night drive, and Pastor Derek was driving. It was my job to keep him awake. He said, what do you want to do when you come off the road? And I said, well, I guess I'll go back to school and finish my music degree. And he said, Angie, you have a way with words. You ought to be a writer. You know, I learned that First Baptist Church, Merritt Island, that God speaks to us not only through the Bible, his word, but also through our parents, and then through the voices of our spiritual authorities. That's something uh, Mr. Whitmire taught me. So when Pastor Derek said that to me, I thought, okay, that's the voice of God. I'm going to change my major. So I did. Changed it to English, graduated college the very next day, got married to my husband. He's a youth pastor for many, many years. I've lost count, over 40 years. And because I knew that I needed to do something to help put food on the table, I thought, all right, I'll be a freelance writer. So I started writing, and I've been writing ever since. You kind of started with if I had long, long hair that actually won first place in that publisher's contest, is that where you got your first real break in the world of writers? Well, I had always wanted to stay home when my babies were little. We adopted two children from Korea, South Korea, and I would write magazine articles and catalog copy and, you know, small things in the morning, sorry, in the afternoon when they took their naps. But then I just enjoyed being a mom in the morning But then when the kids got to be school age, I had been writing all these other kinds of things for about five years. And I thought, this contest that I read about, I thought, well, it was for unpublished children's book writers. And I thought, I'm an unpublished any kind of book writer. So I went to the library and got a book on how to write children's picture books. A lot of people don't understand that every kind of writing has a blueprint And you have to study the blueprint before you start, or else you're probably not even going to come close to having something that's publishable. So anyway, I studied the blueprint, wrote up a story, handed it in, and was as surprised as anyone when the book won first place, and suddenly I was a published children's picture book writer. (laughs) So that really was kind of the beginning, but you'd already kind of had a a knack for words. You always like to read. Was that modeled in your home? 
Oh, yes. My mother was a reader. I always enjoyed reading. And because I've always loved reading, I enjoy writing because it doesn't bother me to sit in my room by myself for hours on end. I have my dogs to talk to, and my husband comes home at the end of the day, so it works for us. It works for me. As a matter of fact, one of your dogs made a national TV appearance, right, on the mm. Regis and Kelly live show. Yes. We have always loved Mastiffs. To me, they're just the perfect breed. They're, they're laid back. They're gentle. Their favorite thing is to sleep and watch me work, and they're great with kids and reserved around strangers, but they usually warm up. So anyway, we, we, when we got dogs, we decided we were just going to get Mastiffs. We've had nine over the years, but we only have them two at a time because they eat a lot. Do you have a big yard? No, they don't require a big yard. Well, we have a big yard now, but they hardly ever go out in it. They really just want to eat and sleep all day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I used to watch Regis and Kelly, and back in 2001, they were having National Dog Week. And they mentioned that on Friday, they were going to have the Guinness World Record holder, the largest dog, and his name was Hercules. And I knew all about Hercules because he was a Mastiff. So I wrote this really stupid poem and sent it on a picture of my dog. I faxed it into the Regis and Kelly show. And I said, this is Justice. He has big feet. He's really sweet. I mean, (laughs) it was really bad. I love it. But they called me, they called me and said, we want you to fly your dog up here Friday and have like a, a way off with Mastiff. But first you have to have your vet call us and verify that what you say is true. Because I told him he weighs 275 pounds. So my vet called, that was no problem. I mean, I'm not going to lie to Regis Kelly. But then I told them, I said, oh, I said, he won't fit in one of those crates that they put dogs in on the plane. That won't work. And they said, well, we're going to buy him a ticket. He can ride in the plane with you. And I went, oh, well, okay. (laughs) I I had to talk my husband into it because it just so happened that that Friday and Saturday, I was supposed to teach a writing gig for kids over in New Jersey. So I said, well, my husband will have to come with me so he can fly home with the dog, and then I'll just hop over to New Jersey and teach. And they said, no problem. So anyway, we got a, a quick trip to New York, all paid for. They picked us up in a, well, they rode us around town in a limo. And uh, so we were celebrities for our 15 <laughs> minutes of fame because oh. our dog was on Regis and Kelly. Angie, I love that. That is so neat. Well, you've also completed a Master of Biblical Studies in Theology, a Doctorate in Biblical Studies back in 2008, and a Ph.D. in 2015. How has deepening your understanding of God's Word impacted your writing career? Well, first of all, theology really is the queen of the sciences because it gives us the basis from which we interpret the entire world. I mean, everything, science, politics, psychology, it is all about knowing the God who created us and set this world up the way it is. I was just beginning to delve into deeper and deeper topics in my novels, and I thought, you know, I have got to get this right. My worst fear is publishing a book that has theological mistake in it, because I'm responsible to my readers to get it right. 
so I thought, I've got to get more educated. I mean, I graduated from Liberty, which is a Bible Christian university, so I had a core group of theology classes, but I knew I needed to go deeper. So I got my master's and then the two doctorates just because, well, one of them was one of those where you can like pick the classes that you want to take. So I studied biblical ethics where a lot of times I run into issues where science meets theology and how do we deal with cloning and test two babies and, you know, those sorts of things. So they helped me really ground my writing in truth. I love that. Let's remind our friends listening here on Bot Radio Network today, we have Dr. Angela Hunt as Christie Award winner writer. Over 5 million copies of her books have been sold nationwide, and she's going to be the featured speaker at the Mid-America Passion Play Auction Gala coming up to raise money needed for the Passion Play. A wonderful evening plan for Thursday, November 3rd, 6 p.m. at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, 2095 Appling Road. Tables of eight sponsorships are available. Individual tables can be also purchased. All of it, again, goes to help support this wonderful outreach for the Mid-America Passion Play returning 2023, March 30th through April 2nd. All the funds go to help raise support for this ministry. Call Terry Walker for more information, 901-413-9738. Again, call Terry at 901-413-4738. Or you can go to the website, crossroadsbaptist.maxgiving.bid. Again, that's crossroadsbaptist.maxgiving.bid maxgiving.bid. Get ticket information, more details about this event on November 3rd, featuring again Dr. Angela Hunt as she's speaking with us today here on Bot Radio Network, Mid-South Viewpoint. Angie, you know, you're known for writing for readers who expect the unexpected in novels. And as you know, our lives are full of the unexpected. What have been some unexpected times that have encroached your life and how has your faith in Christ guided you through those times? Well, my husband and I, when we first got married, we encountered the unexpected when we didn't start having children right away. You know, my husband was 30 when we got married, but I had spent a summer in my college years traveling overseas, and we spent some time in Korea and visited a Korean orphanage there. I remember it was like the Lord spoke to my heart, and I thought, if I ever adopt a child, I want a little Korean girl. So when we decided that, okay, we are going to adopt, one night we were sleeping, we filled out an application with a local agency, you know, here in the United States, because I didn't know anything about international adoption or how to actually do it. And our phone rang in the middle of the night, and I answered it, and it was Joe Hale, who we'd gone to college with. Joe's a good friend of mine. He's been on this show many times. He just had that incredible transplant, liver transplant. Yes, liver transplant. Yes. Yeah. There's an unexpected Yeah, the network of Christian international schools impacting the world for Christ. Yes. Sorry, I got excited when you mentioned Joe's name. Well, that's incredible. But anyway, Joe called us, and he woke us up, and he said, Auntie, we just found this baby girl on our doorstep, and we want to know if, do you know anybody that's looking to adopt? I was half asleep, but I went, (laughs) yeah, I do. (laughs) And then I hung up and said we'd check back with him later, and I lay awake thinking, why now, Lord? Because we had waited like a year and a half. We'd been on a waiting list, 
And then I thought, I guess it was so we could get this particular child on Joe's doorstep. So, yes, we adopted Karen. That's our daughter. We adopted her, and she came home. And by then, we'd fi- then we figured the process out. So then we adopted our son, and then we decided our family was complete. <laughs> oh, by the way, Angie, so, I love yeah. your son's name, Tyler, because that's my last name. Oh, I noticed that. I noticed <laughs> that. So anyway, yeah, that's it. That was very unexpected. So what advice do you offer couples waiting in that agonizing stage of the adoption process? Oh, well, first they have my sympathy because I don't think I've ever gone through anything that was harder. Uh, it's just so emotional, and you just would move heaven and earth if you could make the clock move faster. But just to remember that God's timing is perfect, and every day that you spend is a day that you won't have to spend again. Use that time to, A, enjoy the time before the child arrives, because once the kid gets there, things change dramatically. Then just to count on the Lord's blessing or to try to stay busy doing something else constructive, you know, redesign the house or make plans, or if you have other children, you know, invest in their lives and help them to get involved in the process. But I certainly know how difficult that is. It really is. So how often do people send you their manuscripts and book ideas, and how do you organize that side of aspiring <laughs> authors? Oh, well, I, I discourage that because, A, I don't have time to read it. B, I'm always terrified that somebody's going to send me something unsolicited and then say that I stole their idea. If anyone's listening, please don't send me a manuscript because I will not read it. I will turn it right around and send it back. But I do believe in encouraging young writers and in helping to grow young writers. But the way I do it is through teaching at writers' conferences. There are some really wonderful Christian writers' conferences that go on across the country. And the mama of them all is ACFW, if If no one's heard of it, it's American Christian Fiction Writers, and they have an annual conference. We just had it in September. It'll roll around again September 2023. It's going to be held in St. Louis, Missouri. You can Google ACFW Conference and get all the information from the website. But I teach there and uh, at other conferences as well. I have a video course that I put together that people can study from home. And when I was learning, and during that five years before I was writing books, that was really when I was learning. I didn't go to any conferences. I just read books on craft and, you know, how-to. It's like anything else. You have to spend a lot of time in purposeful practice. What was it Malcolm Gladwell said in one of his latest books was to become expert in anything You have to spend 10,000 hours of purposeful practice to become expert at it. And I really believe that because I know I've spent more than 10,000 hours in this chair. You know, it reminds (laughs) me of a story, Angie, when we lived on the island of Guam as missionaries. I was walking in my neighborhood in the village, and I saw one of my Chamorro, which are the local people of the island outside with a machete, trimming his bushes. And I had never seen anybody do such a perfect job at making his bushes look so nice with just a machete. You know, I, I, I have to have electric trimmers if I'm going to mm-hmm. make my bushes look nice. 
And I, I ask him, I said, how do you do that? He says, practice, <laughs> a lot of practice. <laughs> so sometimes we, we want the easy way out, right? And it reminds me, my wife and I have three sons. They're all grown now. Our youngest son, Joel, was entertained at bedtime with my Ernie the Bird stories, which I just made up on the fly. Ernie the Bird had these amazing adventures with his friends, Freddie the Frog and Bernie the Worm. And about 15 years ago, Joel asked me to write out one of the stories, which I created and called A Bird Family Christmas. Now, right now, the story is no more than a type story stored in a file box. Now, does this mean I should take Ernie the Bird to print or just keep it as a family treasure? Neither. (laughs) Those are the wrong options. First of all, you should get a book on how to write children's picture books because, what did I say there was? There's a blueprint. Like most children's picture books are 32 pages, which translates to about 13 double-page spreads. You need to divide the stories up into, you know, how much is on a page. They need to be, if it's a picture book... Less than 1,000 words, and then you kind of have to have in your mind what the illustration on each page is going to be. So in other words, get a book on learn how to do it for publication, and then once you put in the learning, then you're ready to take it to a publisher. Okay. Good advice. Good advice. Well, something, Angie, There that, you go. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. It. Thank you for that. Well, something that you and... Dr. Charles Stanley and I have in common is a passion for photography. And I was so excited to learn that you, back in 2013, established the Angela Hunt Photography, indulging your passion for photography. Yes, I did. I started with the dogs at SPCA, our local animal shelter, because I saw this thing on TV about how dogs with good pictures get adopted more quickly. And I love dogs. So I thought, well, I don't know how to use a camera. I can take a picture. So I went down there and started taking photos of these dogs, and I would bring like a sheet from home to use as a backdrop because that looks more professional. And then I found all these photography classes free online. And so I started learning about how to focus on the dog's eyes because that makes a better picture, and it can soften out the back of the picture. So anyway, I really learned photography by taking pictures of the shelter puppies. And then our house, I had, you walked in and I had light boxes, you know, soft boxes in the living room. And it kind of took over our house. So we moved to a place where I would have more room for photography. But, you know, life sort of changed the way it does. And nowadays I don't have nearly as much time as I used to invest. But I am shooting a friend's wedding next weekend. I uh, love photography and looking at different portrait work, and I've been doing this for many, many years. A lot of people call themselves photographers, and you can look at their work, and I'm a pretty high critic when it comes to quality work. You are a masterful photographer. Your portrait photography is exceptional. You do a wonderful job. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Like I said, I believe... If you're going to master something, you need to do it all the way. Derek Johnson, who was my leader in Regen, he always quoted that story in 2 Samuel 24, where David needs to make a sacrifice to the Lord. And this guy who owns the site, which we believe was on top of Mount Moriah, he said, well, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the bull. I'll give you everything you need. And David said, no, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Mm. 
And I've sort of taken that as a mantra in my life. It's like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it well. I, it's going to have to cost me something in hours of learning or practice or getting the right equipment because everything we do in the Lord's name is an offering to Him, right? I so, think that is a good yeah. place for us to land this show today because when we talk about the Mid-America Passion Play and the investment, the hours of all that takes place to make it happen, there's a cost behind it. There's a cost to make this production to the best representing the life, death, and burial of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to a world who desperately needs to hear this message and to receive God's mercy and love through the cross. And so why is it so important for you to connect with the Mid-America Passion Play and this upcoming gala on November 3rd? Well, as soon as I heard they have had more than 100,000 professions of faith, programs like this Passion Play bring the gospel home to people. They can see it and hear it and smell it, especially if there's live animals involved. Yes. And it brings the truth home. And I know the people, the singers, the actors, the directors, the musicians, the people who work the lights, it's costing them a lot, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of dedication. And they are investing their lives so that other people's lives can be touched and come to faith through these special events. And the Passion Play, I don't think there's anything more powerful than seeing what Jesus did for us. Well, our friends listening can help make the support of this Passion Play helpful by coming to the Mid-America Passion Play Auction Gala on Thursday, November 3rd, 6 p.m., Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, 2095 Appling Road. You need to get your tickets to come to this. It's going to be a wonderful evening. Go to the website, crossroadsbaptist.maxmaxgiving.bid, B-I-D. More information is also available by contacting Terry Walker at 901-413-9738. Please come and enjoy an evening with Dr. Angela Hunt, our guest today on Mid-South Viewpoint. Again, Thursday, November 3rd, 6 p.m. Get your tickets, table sponsorships for eight, also individual sponsorships. Go to the website, crossroadsbaptist.maxgiving.bid. Angie, thank you so much for allowing us to share together today and for allowing God to use you for kingdom work through your writing and just your love for life and animals and all of what God's using and doing through your life. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Oh, thank you, Byron. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.